Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Going well. You just got back from TGC. How about that? How was that? Yeah, that was great. We had a wonderful time there. I, I got to tell you, I think Indianapolis is the best city for conventions. I've never been. I I love it. I think it's just great for conventions. Um, it It is just fantastic. I mean, it's a great city and fun anyway, but downtown has this incredible skywalk system, all these hotels are just connected to the convention center by skywalk. I just could go up to my room for, and then uh, for a few minutes and then five minutes be right back down, uh, in the exhibit hall access to restaurants. There's a mall right there and it, all of it's connected. It's just, it's just fantastic. Really, really convenient, great city that, uh, is just designed for visitors. So I'm looking forward to the next time I'm back there. Uh, I think we're scheduled to go back for the SBC annual meeting sometime in the next 10 years. I feel like I remember Indianapolis being on the list. It's got to be 2022, three, four, five, six, somewhere in there. I mean, because I know, I know all the ones up to that point. So right. Yeah. It's it's got to be down the, down the road. road. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've, I've been to conventions in that city and I was just reminded though this week, how much, uh, it's it's suited for it, but it was a great it was a great time, and really great uh, kind of Southern Baptist presence there. Uh, the exhibit hall was full of a lot of great uh, representation among the the entities. Five of the six seminaries were there. Um, every all of us, but Gateway, which I, I know that's not an easy yeah. an easy thing, so it's understandable as far as travel for them. Uh, but the the other five were. We're all there, very interactive. Of course, Lifeway has a big presence and runs the bookstore. Yep, ERLC I got a report on that, and uh, yes. the bookstore did well this year. <laughs> oh, it that's a that's a conference that a lot of people love to that's buy a, books. That's at. a bookie conference. There is no doubt yes. about that. The the yes. uh, the bibliophiles were out in force. Yes, so it's it's a really great time. I, I love usually the way this conference is set up. The main hall is just on the other side of a curtain from where the exhibits are. And so when the sessions get started, even if you don't walk in there, because sometimes for us, we're just, it, there's been a huge crowd. And when they go in to start the session, we don't really want to go in there. We just want to collapse. Um, but you can hear, and the worship is just incredible. So, so yeah, there were a couple really, of videos of that. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Moeller posted yeah. one at some point. I think it was Dr. Moeller. Um, but yeah, I saw a couple of them online. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Sandra McCracken was one of the worship leaders. So oh, that, I know you like that. Did you have a chance to talk yeah. to her? No, no, didn't. Uh, she was ah. busy. I think so. Uh, but it was just a, a really good, uh, really good event. And we had a great time caught up with, with friends, made some new friends and it's just a really good time. All right. Well, let's jump into the news this week. Leading off is uh, some big news. And, and I saw this in a lot of different places this week from Southeastern. Amy, you're going to, have to tell us about this. Uh, the seminary is now offering minority mission trip assistance for students. Yeah, this is called the Kingdom Diversity Missions Initiative. So uh, it, it's it's a partnership between the Kingdom Diversity Initiative and our Center for Great Commission Studies. And it offers minority students um financial assistance for Southeastern mission trips and also financial assistance just in preparing to go, raising money, getting a passport, all of these things. And, you know, do you remember a long time ago, 
uh, when we talked about a post, uh, a blog post that Shaq Cardi yes. had written. And, and I contributed to that. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, and it was about how excited he was that he was going on his first mission trip overseas and that he had seen statistics uh, showing that as of Jan- this is as of January yeah. 2017, so the statistics are, are even newer. But looking at IMB's data, and this is in the, the story that's in Baptist Press, um, that of the 3,500 missionary personnel in January... 0.44% uh, were African-American, 7.12% were Asian, and 1.7% were Hispanic. Uh, so, you know, it, so roughly about 90.5% are Anglo. Right. And, and it doesn't really reflect what we see in our churches because 20% of the 51,000-plus Southern Baptist churches and missions are, are ethnic-majority churches. So one of the ideas, and and this was a really neat thing, and Shaq was really instrumental, I remember, in even talking about this. I, I got to hear him share a lot of his excitement and heart when he was uh, here on campus, is about the fact that, that, many, uh, that many people, there are a lot of reasons um, that minorities are underrepresented on the international mission field. It doesn't mean they don't care about it, but they're just some historical factors, socioeconomic factors that contribute to it. And the idea is to get people on the mission field in these short-term trips so that they can see. Um, And so what's really neat is I I got to hear a lot about this idea a couple of years ago, but this is kind of putting feet to it. Um, So it's really, really, really exciting. And uh, there's a, a, a quote at the bottom of the story from Scott Hildreth, who's uh, the director of the CGCS, that it's not just a program to send minority students on short-term mission trips, but it is uh, the goal is to have uh, long-term change uh, with within just a diverse body of believers as uh, we equip our leaders. So it's really, really exciting thing. And if you uh, will link the story in in the show notes, and then also it's got a link where you can learn more about it or even how to uh, apply for the program or how to uh, assist in uh, in contributing to the fund. So it's uh, something we're really excited about. Yep. Over at kingdomdiversity.sebts.edu at the new website, Amy. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we talked about that last week, y'all. You launched a new website, kind of on the, on the sly over the weekend last weekend, and uh, that's you can check that out at sebts.edu. Uh, but going back to this, it's it's really just a thing where we're we're talking a lot about minority representation and multi ethnic representation, and we we are seeing more of that in our uh, boards, in our entities, in the hiring practices. But I mean, look at these stats. I mean, point. Four four percent of the missionary personnel for IMB are African American. I mean, we just we don't have the people that are that are moving into that. So uh, I, I'm encouraged by this, and I, I hope other seminaries will follow suit as well and and offer more opportunities for minority students uh, to go on mission because you know familiarity with going on mission leads to a, a lifetime of going on mission. I, I would think that's right. And uh, so we're we're excited to see where this goes. And that student that was uh, really part of the excitement around this, Shaq Hardy, he now is on staff. Uh, mm-hmm. At Brainerd, at Brainerd Baptist. Baptist. Yes, at Brainerd with Micah Freeze. And so he is out uh, in Chattanooga on mission himself right now uh, working with youth groups. So I know he's excited uh, that this uh, has started at Southeastern. So, 
Yeah, and so we've talked about the Gospel Coalition Conference and a minority uh, opportunity there, and that kind of leads us into our next topic here, the MLK 50 Conference, uh, which is set for next April, April 4th, 2018 in Memphis, in partnership with the ERLC and the Gospel Coalition's National Conference. Uh, they're going to have a, a get-together in Memphis at the Memphis Convention Center. It's going to feature Russell Moore, H.B. Charles, John Piper, Ben Watson, Don Carson, Crawford Loritz, Matt Chandler, Jackie Hill Perry, Eric Mason, a host of others. Uh, there's a lot of people involved in this. This is exciting to see. Uh, just be right down the road for me. I should be able to make it over to that uh, next April. It's it's kind of a one-day event, and I think it was $50 for the first 50 days. Um, that Yeah, are, I believe so. It, it, so you can register for that if you, you want to put that and pencil it in your calendar for next year, for the next, uh, I guess, about 46 days now. Uh, you can get uh, that conference access for just $50. So Yes, and this was a big announcement on uh, Tuesday evening at the Gospel Coalition. So there was a, a whole segment uh, about it, and we'll, we'll share the story on that, as well as a, a video that was played that night uh, to kind of set things up uh, to announce the event. And, and I know this video has been passed around a lot. Uh, but it helps to to show really what uh, what they're after. Um, but that that will I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk in the days leading up to that. And it was announced uh, on Tuesday night, which was April 4th. So it was announced one year yeah. to the day from when the event's going to happen. So I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about that. Okay, Amy. Moving on to the next point. It is the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. All right, we are 4.07% ahead of the projection at the mid-year point yes. and just barely under a percent below last year's contributions on pace for another strong year in cooperative program giving. This is great to see because, as we've said before, there were those months toward the end of the year, uh, and there was a lot going on sort of nationally and globally globally. Uh, as as we were tracking that, and it seemed like things were a little bit behind. We were hoping it would catch up, and boy, did it. And yeah, we're now about four million, just under four million dollars above budget right now, uh, based on historical trends. You got to think that we're going to be above budget for the end of the year, uh, even with all the talk of uh, cooperative program giving that we've seen in the last couple of months. We've seen no real dip in giving uh, overall. Uh, through the cooperative program, so that's been encouraging. And you know, four point seven percent at the halfway point—that should spell uh, good news for us at the end of the budget year. Yes. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the rest of the year, as we always do. Uh, trustee meetings starting to happen. I know a lot of the seminary trustee meetings coming up in the next couple of weeks. Midwesterns actually met this week and had their groundbreaking ceremony on Tuesday for the Mathena Center. The Big New Student Center, $7 million lead gift by Harold Mathena, the bivocational pastor and businessman from Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, he kind of kicked that off with that big $7 million gift. We talked about that on the podcast a while back. Right. Uh, but they broke ground this week on that. So exciting times at Midwestern. Uh, Amy, uh, you still haven't had a chance to get out to Midwestern yet since uh, they've done a lot of this, right? No, I've never been to Midwestern at all. I would love oh, to get to their oh, campus. Okay. Yeah, I would love yeah, to we, get to their campus and yeah. see. Uh, yeah, we've talked a lot here on the podcast about the Spurgeon Center so yes. uh, the uh, and everything they've done out there. It's just phenomenal job that Dr. Jason Allen and the team out there have done. The two-story Mathena Student Center will house a cafeteria, bookstore, cafe, recreation areas, uh, college-sized gymnasium, walking track, racquetball courts, fitness rooms. So it's basically got everything you would expect in a student center. 
also had a uh, trustee meeting and, and had some announcements in the release as well about that. They're on course to break 3,000 students enrolled in this academic year, up from 1,107 students in 2010. That's that's really incredible. It's it's amazing what has happened there. I know that was a real celebration uh, for them to uh, to share where they are. Yep, and they also renewed the contracts of Robin Hathaway, Michael Hawkins, Thomas Johnston, John Lee, Blake Harrison, Rustin Umstad, and Stephen Thompson. Excellent. So uh, renewed some contracts, got things going. So just um, <laughs> you know. Midwestern continues to amaze at everything that they're doing out there at uh, the seminary. Congratulations again to Dr. Allen, Charles Smith, Jared Wilson, and all the guys out at Midwestern. Yeah, great stuff. And can I just say, I think they're a really fun bunch of people, and we had a lot of fun with with them, the ones who were at the Gospel Coalition. I saw a Spurgeon bobblehead at your booth at the Gospel Coalition. Yes, we uh, we had some fun with uh, their—it was kind of a joint— um, a, a joint effort between our social media team and theirs uh, to just to just have a good time, and uh, so we stuck the bobblehead next to one of our go signs, and uh, actually brought a little B and H love in there too. Yeah, and uh, filled it out. I'm going to find my lost sermons. So, yes. uh, so we, and which as Amy has reminded us, they are yes. already found. Yes, that's correct. Yes. So, um, so we we just had a good time, but we love the folks out at Midwestern and uh, enjoy the uh, partnership with them. Yep. Moving over to your neck of the woods, Amy, down in Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston Southern is beginning to look for Jerry Hunter's successor. He is moving to a president emeritus role. He's seventy five and uh, leaving his president. Uh, position there at Charleston Southern. So uh, the school is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention over in South Carolina, that state convention. So uh, they'll be looking for a new president out in Charleston, South Carolina. I've never been to Charleston. Really, really would love to go there one day. Uh, I've heard so much about that town. Oh, it's beautiful. It's It really, really is. I've only been there a, a few times. Um, but every time I go, I just want to see more. It's uh, just a gorgeous city. All right, a couple more stories here. Uh, one, there's been a group of 99 religious and denominational organizations uh, released an open letter opposing the Johnson Amendment. Amy, we talked about that a lot during the presidential election season. That was even part of the uh, Donald Trump and Republican uh, platform. Right. Now, this is now they're opposing the revoking of yes, the Yes, opposing Johnson the revoking Amendment. of the Johnson right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, right. not the amendment itself. There's right. probably 99 other religious denomination organizations that are on the other side of this. Yes, one, so. yes. So they were asking uh, in this open letter, um, asking Congress to keep the Johnson Amendment, uh, basically just saying they they don't need or want a change in the tax law, Uh essentially saying they don't want the opportunity for uh, the church to sort of join with a candidate or to speak about uh, political support. So they, they think that it is, uh, is an appropriate thing in, uh, as they say, the system of campaign finance. It was supposed to be hand-delivered to congressional leaders this week, and uh, so it, it was kind of a big deal. This, is, this seems to be a time of, with a lot of open letters. Uh, yes, that are, a lot of are open happening. letters. Yes, but this somebody will write a letter, an open letter against open letters before long. That's that's going to be me, I think. 
I'm going to okay. write the letter against. Now, Amy, of the 99, I only see one in the list that has Southern Baptist ties. Many of these would be familiar to Southern Baptist. A lot of cooperative Baptist fellowship groups in here, uh, the Christian Life Commission, the, the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty. Uh, a lot of uh, Southern Baptists who know their Southern Baptist history recognize those names. But the Baptist General Association of Virginia, the BGAV, uh, the state, one of the two state conventions over in Virginia, also uh, signed on to this letter uh, that includes a host of different denominations and groups, uh, from everything from uh, Unitarian Universalists to the Association of Welcoming and Affirming Baptists. I mean, in Benai groups, Catholic groups, I mean, everything in Everyone. between. So, uh, you know, it not something many of the mainstream Southern Baptist groups that we know would be signing on to, but at the same time, uh, there is a Southern Baptist group in here. Yes. Uh, yes, or at least one that has some affiliation uh, yes. still. All right. And finally, it seems to be not only the time for open letters, Amy, but the time for surveys. Uh, we've got a 2017 Baptist Association survey uh, coming on the heels of the cooperative program survey we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yes, lots of surveys. Now, I love surveys. I just did one uh, that ATS, the Association of Theological Schools, sent out uh, to some some folks last week. I think it's it's a great thing to do, uh, but there are a lot of them out there. This is a very interesting, and I think uh, we we should participate in as many of these as possible, just yep. because they help. Right now, we're having a lot of discussions um, about kind of where young leaders stand, where the next generation stands, just where uh, where Southern Baptists stand on a lot of a lot of things. And so this survey is on local associations. I think it's a really good thing uh, to do. I'm actually taking it right now as we're talking. You are? Yes. Okay. Well, while you take the survey, I'm going to just comment. Uh, if you're going to do surveys, I, I'm going to just... I, Lizette Beard maybe listen to this and probably go crazy uh, about what I'm about to say because you know she's all about proper survey tools and instrumentation. Yes. I would really appreciate if we could add states of where you are in ministry, you know, like what state you live in, in a lot of these, because I think it would be fascinating to see regional breakdowns as well as just the overall, you know, what the views on Southern Baptist associations are, and then break it down into maybe areas of the country, because there are, yeah. especially in the, the young leaders thing that we talked about last week, I would have loved to seen state data on that just to see what young leaders in Mississippi think versus young leaders in Louisiana or West Virginia or California it would just be nice to be able to compare those regionally, especially when we have when you're talking state convention, you're not talking every state being the same. So, uh, and the same thing goes with local associations. So, it'd be nice to at least some some kind of regional breakdown or or something for these. So, if if you're going to put together a survey in the future, I suggest that we have state and regional breakdowns. Please, yes. that yes. would be really helpful. I think to yes. the, not only to those of us taking it, but at the same time to those of you who are asking for the information. Yes, uh, and then, but that this was not one, meant to chastise anyone, by the way. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Uh, but this is a good one, especially because it's dealing with local Baptist associations, yes. and we have a lot of local Baptist associations that have been around longer than the Southern Baptist Convention, that is true. longer than state conventions, um, and so you know it's it, it's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, to just consider where they fit into things. And so I highly recommend uh, people participating in this. 
Yes, and the link is at sbcthisweek.com. Uh, also, surveymonkey.com slash r slash Baptist Associations, but it's a little bit easier just to go to sbcthisweek.com, click on the link for today's show, and you click on the link to the survey. Uh, I think the other survey, the Young Leader Survey, may still be open, but this one here, uh, not to be confused, this is for anybody and everybody, not just young leaders in the SBC. This is for anybody talking about Baptist Associations. All right, that'll move us on to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Okay, this is a pretty fun one. Um, I, you know, I like to mix things around. We're going to go to 1957. We're going to go to a state convention. This is the Baptist Convention of New Mexico. And there was very interesting news that, uh, that came out Whoa. that week that private contributors bought an airplane for the executive secretary, which would be like what we would say the state exec state or the exec, executive yeah. director. Um, they bought an airplane for H.P. Stagg to use in his business travel. Uh, it does say, uh, at least at that time, he believes he he believed he was the first state executive secretary in the SBC to have an airplane for official use. I'm going to guess he was probably right. Uh, said he travels uh, thousands of miles a year uh, for the denomination. Um, it said, and I've tried to look this up, have not been successful. So if we have any listeners from New Mexico that know how this story ends, I'd love to hear about it. Um, it, it was a Piper Super Custom Tri-Pacer, and he asked Baptists in New Mexico to suggest names for it. And of course, you know what I thought of immediately was that no. whole um, that whole thing where the the boat in uh, I don't know it was in Europe somewhere, and they wanted people to suggest names for it, and someone suggested like. Bodie McBoat, fa- Bodie McBoat oh, okay. face or something like yeah. that, and that's the thing that won, like something silly. Um, but he did say he would like a name related to the Bible or to Baptist work. So I would love to find out if that ever, you know, came came to pass. If if there was ever a name that was chosen, um, but he estimated it would uh, it could enable him to travel twenty five thousand miles a year more and save him twenty percent on his travel time. And he said it operated for less than automobile expense. Now, uh, wait that, a minute. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's what he said. Okay. So I, I, I have no idea how to figure that out in 1957. But here comes my favorite part. He was taking flying lessons so he could pilot it himself. But meantime... Mrs. John Sutherland of Albuquerque, who has been an entrant in powder puff cross country air races, was serving as his pilot. I don't I know wonder why. If, uh, I wonder if they took another man or woman with them, you know, the, the Billy Graham rule thing. Nah, I'm not even going to comment on that. Um, I just loved that, that she it was this person in Albuquerque who entered powder puff cross-country air races I, I really wish they would have just given her real name though instead of mrs john sutherland you know well she might have been okay with that it's kind of a customist okay. late 50s uh it did okay. say that on his first flight maybe her name was john and that's just really awkward i i don't i don't think so but good guess no? okay. uh but lifeway even shows up in this he took yes. an assignment of books from the baptist bookstore to people in the community so at the point where we start to say, you know, uh, technology has really caught up, all these um, state execs and denominational uh, leaders and, and, and things can, can go everywhere and reach the people, in some ways, it all started this week in SBC history. Wow. Yep. Well, and I'm just trying to think of what would happen if 
this story appeared in Baptist Press today. Like, I mean, I, I don't know the name of the executive director off the top of my head in New Mexico, but I can only imagine what would happen if it came across that New Mexico's executive director had just gotten an airplane bought for them. I, I don't see that ending well these days. For some I, reason, I, I mean, call me crazy. It, probably not. It's in 1957. Or it's anybody. A, I mean, it, it could be you know Piper, Tom Rainer. I mean, it's a Piper plane. It's not like it. It was just a different time, I think. And I guess so. We're different but after everything we've been through with the prosperity gospel preachers and pipe airplanes in the past few right. years. I, I just don't see it ending well, Amy. I think you're probably right. I'm sure this situation was a little different. I really want to know um, two things. I want to know what the plane was named. And I want to know if Mrs. John Sutherland ever won any of those races that she entered. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. uh, But you're right. But I'm trying to think back. 1957, if you were based in Albuquerque and you had to travel the state of New Mexico on probably dirt roads or not very good roads if you did have them. Yes. From little town to little town. I mean, that would have been exhausting. And 25,000 miles a year. I mean, that, that just... Uh, it, I cannot imagine like a frontier state like that, as big as New Mexico is. It's not a small state. Traveling around as a state convention or executive, I mean, the plane actually does make sense in that context. Yeah, and you need to go look up like a Piper tripacer, like well, it's probably like a couch with wings. Yeah. It, okay. So I'll just say it. It looks not as much like a plane that we would fly today. It actually looks more like those planes that. Uh, used to be, it was a ride at Opryland um, that you would that you would get in, <laughs> and it was called the wow. bar, it was called the Barnstormer, I think. You would go up really high, and you were in this plane, look old fashioned. You felt like you were, you know, doing something. That's kind of what it looks like. I'm gonna even send a link. It's a, I just found it. It's a Pinterest um, thing, but it's an ad for buying your own uh, Piper tripacer airplane. So I yes, think it's a couch with wings. Yeah, so basically. I think it's a really different, really different situation. Um, <laughs> but it says useful in business. Flying is the most practical sport you can enjoy. Um, and uh, so I think it's pretty cool. And it also said more people have bought Pipers than any other plane in the world, which who wow. am I to question that? It's a two seater as well. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll move us to resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, the Southeastern Theological Review. This is our, uh, the, it's an academic journal that Southeastern's uh, faculty has been putting out for a while. Yeah, I've seen a lot more online about that this week. And now it is completely free. Uh, all issues, past issues, you can, you can look through, you can browse them on the website. Uh, archives are completely done. And so it's just a great resource and I wanted to, to throw that out there, but also to mention that a lot of our institutions have some great theological journals. Yeah. Um, so so I would really recommend folks checking that out. Other seminaries, Southwestern, um, Southern Seminary, Midwestern, New Orleans, also uh, California Baptist University, Criswell mm-hmm. College, Anderson University, yep. Union University, a lot of our institutions have theological journals. And so those are just great ways to connect with our institutions, see what uh, their faculty 
is doing. And so uh, the the editor of ours is Benjamin Merkel, who is a New Testament professor. Also, oh. um, uh, he's a very uh, very loved here. A lot of people enjoy taking his class. He's also a PhD graduate of Southern Seminary. So. Uh, great representative of both institutions, uh, but it's it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the Southern Baptist Theological Journals I get at the office, and I, I know I get Criswell, Midwestern, Southern, and that may be it that come to the office uh, and show up in my room some sometimes. So uh, I know I get those. I have to get a copy of the Southeastern one, so I have to check that out. All right. My resource of the week is The Forgotten Jesus by Robbie Gallaty. His new book, it's on the Jewishness of Jesus. Uh, Robbie came and, and did a sermon at Lifeway Chapel about six to eight months ago. I'm, I'm not quite sure when it was. Maybe it was a year ago. Uh, and talked a little bit about what's in this book, too. Uh, his sermon was on the Last Supper and uh, just a fascinating look into the Jewishness of Jesus and how, and, and I love the wordplay in the subtitle, too, how Western Christians should follow an Eastern rabbi. So, uh, talking about, you know, we, we sometimes take Jesus and put him into our own culture, and we're forgetting the fact that he was, you know, Middle Eastern and had a completely different culture and, and grew up Jewish and, and that kind of thing. So a lot of things that we miss sometimes whenever we're thinking about Jesus, and Robbie is getting us back to that and talking about the forgotten Jesus in his new book. Excellent. I've seen a lot on Twitter about that uh, today, so uh, that's, that's sure to uh, get a lot of buzz i would imagine yep and uh, i've got a copy here at the house so been reading that a little bit here and there in the last week or so getting ready for easter which is coming man next week amy can't believe it uh, it just seems like we're in election season and now it's almost easter it's kind of crazy yeah uh time just really flies we're fully into into spring and i know it's going to be um, a special day for a lot of folks so uh so next week and next week also may be really busy as well. Yep. And Amy, uh, don't blink now, but if I did my math correctly, we are about two months from the SBC annual meeting. Yes, we are. I was actually talking to some folks today about uh, plane ticket plans and, and all of that. So uh, it's hard to believe that it's here again. You know, April is the, the time where uh, the conversation really starts to, uh, to increase and uh, we, you know, we start, we get all the releases, of course, of the appointments and nominations. We get uh, more conversation on blogs like SBC Voices and others conversation about the upcoming meeting. Uh, so I know everyone is, is getting ready. I hope, uh, I hope that, um, that a, a lot of people are coming. I hope maybe even more than we expected. And uh, I know it's going to be hot, but that's okay. There's air conditioning, yes. and uh, come on, come on in. We we every they every can, year we got lots to do. I wonder if they can install a skywalk system in Phoenix. Oh my goodness, wouldn't that be lovely? Well, it would probably be like 190 degrees in those tubes, though. When you think about it, I mean, oh. think about how how much air conditioning you'd have to have on those. That sounds terrible. Okay. Yeah, it, it would it would just be like an oven, literally. Uh, I mean, like a walking oven. Also, and hey, we we were talking about this um, off uh, offline earlier, but the baseball games are not uh, during the week this time. As yeah. some sometimes Saturday we and go. Sunday that's against right. The Brewers, yeah. Right. Sometimes we go to cities where there's a major league baseball team, and uh, you know, during the week or just after the annual meeting, there's a game. Um, 
the Arizona Diamondbacks will be away during the meeting, but on Saturday uh, evening and Sunday afternoon, they will be playing in the stadium there. So we're going to try to go. Uh, there's usually a Baptist press dinner on Saturday evening. So if that's still going on, um, I will will uh, go, go to that along with other communications folks from around the convention. But um, yeah, And I will go to the game. Yes. Well, the game's like it's because seven. I don't go to the I don't get to go to the dinner. The, so. Well, the game's like at seven o'clock. So I think oh, okay. you what, could probably still do both. Yeah. So uh, our kids are coming this year. So I think uh, I'll, I'll end up meeting them over there. I'll take Drew and Mary and you and Keith can go to, to the dinner and I'll go to the game with Drew and Mary. Well, I think Drew and Mary will be just excited to go to the game. They'll want to do all of that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they are looking forward to it. There's also um, Hard Rock Cafe there, which I think Drew will probably like. I bet he will. And uh, and also, think about this, though, folks, if you're coming. Come in early, yeah. get the games, and then Monday afternoon, we may have a little something for you uh, from SPC this week at the convention. So Yeah, we hope so. We, we're still working on details, but yeah. if you're an avid listener, uh, keep your Monday afternoons open. Yes. We, I, we're hoping to do some fun things. We'll have some swag. We'll have uh, maybe do a little bit, little bit of Facebook Live, things like that. Yep. Um, and maybe a little bit more real live type thing. Yeah, so we'll see. We're working on that. We're working on details. We got, um, we got stickers. We have a potential something on Monday afternoon. So keep your calendars open. We hope to see you in Phoenix. Yes. Uh, it'll be hot, but we'll still have fun. Yes. So big week in the life of the church this week, Amy. Holy week coming up. And uh, that should be fun. Always is. I, I really enjoy this time of year. And uh, we've got a lot going on family-wise, church-wise. So I, I know you've got a busy world going, too. I'll be in Wake Forest in about two or three weeks. So Lifeway Week. Looking forward to my time there. Yep, Lifeway Week. So we're coming there. I uh, just got back from New Orleans. Was there this week. Had a good time there. Had some great food. Had alligator, turtle, and crawfish, and boudin, and everything while I was down there. It was phenomenal. So... I got my Louisiana food fix and beignets. Excellent. It, it was a great trip and uh, good to be on the campus at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Looking forward to uh, being on the campus at Southeastern yes. later in April. Uh, but uh, that'll do it for us this week. We'll keep an eye out on all those trustee meetings going on in the next couple of weeks. Report back to you here next week on SBC This Week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.